Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Style Matters podcast, brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. I'm Zandra, your host, and I am so glad you're here. It's midsummer, but we're still trying to keep our distance from each other, and many of us have canceled our travel plans. So this summer is a bit of a bummer, which is why it might be extra important right now to bring our vacations to us if we can't go to them. My guest this week is Sarah Ramirez of Found and Collected Design, and her inspiration comes mostly from traveling. She takes in the colors, patterns, textures, even the landscapes of the places that she visits, and she brings those cross-cultural experiences into her work once she's back home in California. In fact, front and center on her homepage, she says your home should reflect where your family is from, places you've been, and plan to go. So with that in mind, at the end of this episode, I'm going to share with you how I'm interpreting that and a few ideas for you to use too, if you'd like. All right, so here is Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the Style Matters podcast. I have been watching Found and Collected Design on Instagram for a while. And, you know, you're doing the scroll thing, and I always stop at your photos. They're always so beautiful. And then I also really love what you have to say. So I am looking forward to a great conversation. Well, it is wonderful to be here. It's absolutely my pleasure. I'm very excited to get in and chit-chat a little bit more. Well, I want to dive right in talking about travel. You put it front and center on your website, and I think you talk about it a lot in your posts. And first, let's just talk about your own travels and some of your favorite places and kind of, you know, how they have uh, influenced you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, a travel is a big part of who I am as a person. And so, of course, it's something that translates into my interior design. And, um, you know, I kind of come from this family of, of travelers. We traveled a ton when I was a kid. My parents bought an RV and we did these cool two week long trips all over the United States. Wow. And, so it's been something that's travel's been ingrained in in me since since I was a kid, or I was allowed to travel and do some things on my own at a young age, and it was just something that was important. Um, some of my favorite places, gosh, it's it's really hard to choose because everything's so kind of special and unique and gives you something different. But in the last mm, 
in the last four or five years, Spain has gone really high up and okay. on my list of favorite places because that's where my husband's from and that's oh. where his family lives. I never been until till I went with him for the first time and um, it, it's a, it's a place that's really incredible because of the variety. So you can be in big city Madrid. That's that perfect mashup of old and new kind yeah. of coming together, really cool design scene, food, fashion, like so much going on in Madrid and it's sort of mashed up with that old world. And so that's really cool. Very. But then you go, you go on and you're in, you know, in Ibiza and it's, sun washed and don't have a care in the world or you know you can get a little party going on so yeah, there's just a lot to be offered there so that's definitely high high on the list yes I imagine the colors there in Ibiza mm -hmm. are really saturated and beautiful it's just that sunshine and you think mm -hmm. I live in Southern California and you think okay you have sunshine here you have sunshine there but there's something different about the light there and, oh. um, it's just magic really magic and you know you bring those things back with you for sure what other places I mean Morocco I know Morocco oh. is, is like a trendy place again yep. um, but it is so dreamy like seeing color and the way color combinations are kind of put together is something that's really inspiring um, coming back from there. And I imagine the smells right the sense of all of those spices and oh it must be wonderful. It's amazing and it's one of those things that really you we don't always have that as something we think about in design but that tapping into all five of your senses is so incredible and so mm. if you want to get that mood you can light up a candle in your house that kind of can remind you of that place so i certainly like definitely um marrakesh had big influence on that kind of scent and you i can smell something and i go back there instantly which oh. is kind of amazing that's such a good point to bring up all five senses in design. And, you know, we're focused obviously on the visual because we're talking about interiors, but what you smell and what you hear, all of those things, um, like you said, they transport you. And if that's one of your goals when you're designing your home, it's, it's, it's great to use those other senses as well. Absolutely. Bringing up music is such a good point. I know whenever we travel, we come home with like some sort of new fun vibe that would come up with new <laughs> Spotify list, you know, and we're in looking for new artists and finding things. And so it's definitely a fun way to open your horizons on so many different levels, you know, and think about travel and just every sense of the word, how it might, how the travel might affect you. So it's, yeah. that's definitely a good thing. So, so let's, let's go keep going with this. <laughs> so what is your thought process when you're using travel, uh, an experience abroad as or even, you know, in, in your own home country, when you're using it as inspiration for design. Because one of the things that I love about your work is that I don't look at a room and go, oh, she's a, you know, she loves Paris. She's got the Eiffel Tower poster and she's got a little pillow <laughs> that says I love Paris on it. <laughs> you know, so what, therefore, if it's not that, if it's not that themed idea, what is it? How, what's your process for taking a travel experience, either for yourself or a client, and bringing it into your design choices. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, it's it's perfectly what we were already just starting to talk about and making a connection. Sometimes I'll have a client and they might say something like, right off the bat, like, I love Moroccan rugs and I have to have a Killam or a Benny rug in my room. Mm -hmm. And for me, a light bulb goes on and I want to know well, why. 
and and then using that to kind of inform those choices. So kind of how do you translate that that conversation into actual interior design? It it kind of it kind of goes like this for me. So I focus on the mood and the feeling when I'm asking those questions. So how did you feel when you were in dot dot dot? How, um, when you close your eyes and you think about that trip, what do you see? What stories do you always share from that experience? So, you know, someone might talk about an incredible dinner and the details of the stoneware that the dinner was served on or moody lighting in an old building, the way neighborhoods kind of shift in colors when they were walking around spending a day exploring. So I know I've experienced so many things that have, have changed me as a person and ultimately as a designer, and I know my clients have too. And so I, I just really want to work my way into to, to what that is. And then I take that essence of a place or an experience, and that just gets infused into the design. So we might take cues for the color palette, like we were talking about color combinations in Morocco. So um, if we're going after that, maybe I'm t we're thinking about rich kind of saturated spicy colors, accents of brass, terracotta, or maybe we're talking about a trip that was in Mykonos. So we're going back to those sun wash colors, woven natural textures, chalky white ceramics, those types of things. So we think about the color palette as inspiration from, from travel. Um, we take, we might take cues from cultural nuances. It might be seats, uh, space planning. Okay. So thinking about seating arrangements, um, again, I keep, I keep going back to Morocco, but, um, maybe it's about this kind of really casual lifestyle that, that you want to create. And we think about a coffee table that you can sit on the floor and be comfortable and, and still have drinks or, you know, have that interaction or we toss in some throw pillows on that will work on the ground or you want to curate and make sure you have a very special place to take an afternoon tea. And we're, we're making choices that are personalized to how that space is going to kind of be used. Right. I, there's a couple things that, that really mm -hmm. struck out to me as you're talking. One is... Uh, this idea of let's say you want to incorporate this ritual of afternoon tea mm -hmm. you know you're in Morocco or you're in England right and you just have mm -hmm. this lovely thing that you don't normally do during the day which is to actually sit with a cup or a pot of tea and you buy this saucer and you buy the teapot and you buy the mug or the cup and then you bring it home and you don't do anything with it and that's probably because you haven't then created a space for it in your home right? Like that's where the design kind of comes in. It's, it's okay. And now I need to carve out a place to do this little ritual. Otherwise it's just going to end up being, you know, a, a lovely souvenir that I bought, but in order to actually make it work, I need to make my home responsive to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, we're all, I think guilty of that, or I've had, you know, I've had clients that have, like I mentioned before, a beautiful Moroccan rug and it's rolled up and stored in an extra bedroom because she is scared to use it. And I said, yeah. okay, let's, let's get a little education. If you use this rug, it's actually going to last longer. It's, you know, it's going to last generations and it's not going to be as susceptible to things that might happen to it. So let's roll it out. Let's use it. Plus you love it. And it reminds you of something incredible. And so let's bring it out and, 
if red wine gets spilled on it, then we will cross that bridge and right. you can send me an email and I'll help you if, right. you know, if that happens one day, but it's, it's important and to, to think about how you're honoring those pieces or you're um, honoring that experience or cultural kind of bit that you want to bring back into your life. And to your point, to make sure that you make space for it. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, I forget who I was interviewing once, but they said something like uh, spilled wine on the couch is a sign of a good party. So don't <laughs> don't worry about it. And I totally I totally agree with that. I'd much rather use that rug, than, you know, than not. But the, another thing that you said, you were talking about asking somebody about, you know, a favorite meal that they had while they were traveling. And I immediately went to Italy, which is where I'm supposed to be last week <laughs> I, we're supposed to be in greece in yeah. in yeah. 30 days from now yeah, yeah. Oh, it's kind of painful right <laughs> but uh, but i just remember the last time i was in italy and the savoring some of the food there and i think it's listening to you talk is a little reminder to all of us that when we are traveling to to notice some of those little details and try to tuck them away for later because you had mentioned, oh, someone might say that they really love the stoneware that the food was prepared on or the flatware that they were using or, or the lighting that was in the restaurant. And I think that it's wonderful if you can remember those things when someone like you asks someone to say, okay, tell me about that favorite meal. But but while we're traveling, before we travel, let's let's try to remember to, to take notice of those things because those are exactly the kinds of inspiration points that you're going to want to talk about once you're making these design decisions. Absolutely. It's all stored away as visual inspiration. And so it's something that it's just being really mindful. And I know that's a word that gets, you know, bunched yeah. around quite a bit, but when we're going on vacation, having those mindful moments and, and being conscious that you need to sometimes we all have to practice that and say, okay, I got to get out of my head and just take it in because that's how you get to the, you really get to the good, good meat. Absolutely. The juicy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just to go back um, to kind of that really literal kind of interpretation of, you know, I love Paris kind of yeah. theme. I think the fact of the matter is that most of the time when a design is complete, um, someone coming into that space most likely isn't going to be able to come in and just say, oh, hey, cool Moroccan living room. I mean, unless that's what you really want or going after, but right. they should come in and say, oh, wow, this space is so used and allowing that, that person who lives in this space to have something to things to share and they'll have stories about what's been collected, what's been curated. And so kind of tapping into that travel as an inspiration does, it does create that beautiful eclectic space, but it, it provides that ability to have different interactions even with the people that come into your home and to be able to present yourself to those mm. people in a different way. When you, when you look at a room that it feels unfinished to you or to your client, when you're looking to kind of figure out, okay, what, what needs to bridge the gap here? Like they've got a couple different things. They, they're not really working together. What needs to bridge the gap? I, I feel like from what I've read, your approach is not to necessarily look for a particular style that might bridge the gap, but it's, it seems to be, it's more about, I don't know, the shape that might be missing or a color mm -hmm. palette or can you talk about that a little bit more? 
So for example, um, like a room with maybe there's a beautiful rug that, that we love. We know we want to keep this and that rug is neutral. It's got big diamonds and kind of triangle shapes. And then we also know maybe we need to, we need to accessorize this room. Let's say we've already got the sofa. Um, we need to accessorize. We need to bring in an accent chair. Um, and we need to add a little bit of storage. So where I start to think about things are, okay, we love this rug. I want to start to make connections to that rug to make it feel really important and impactful in the space. So perhaps the chair that we choose that has upholstery that repeats that, that shape, but in a different scale, which I know is not, is not, might not be groundbreaking, but, but it could be a stripe that still is repeating that small triangle in there somewhere really small and picking up on notes and colors in that rug. And so those two pieces start to speak to each other and they have a relationship and they're, there there's a repetition mm -hmm. that's happening and then okay we know we need to look for storage so maybe we're going to put some baskets in a console so let's be mindful of those baskets and when we do choose them maybe the weaving is repeating that sort of triangulated shape in some way there's a million mm -hmm. baskets out there so let's be thoughtful and like find some details that again they they bring in that repetition or it may be that they bring in, if we're, maybe we're not on repetition of a shape, we're thinking about color. So they're picking up a little bit of, of color and, and drawing in, there's an accent of black that's happening in them. Or we need accessories. And so we think about, um, maybe I find brass candlesticks that are sort of um, more like faceted or kind of gem shaped. And so those again are repeating those triangle kind of shapes. And so all of a sudden you have this whole story that's being told really subtly um, and and not thinking about, okay, we need we need to have red here. And then we have a little bit of red over here. And then your eyes going to come around and you see red again, like that, that can happen. But it's, it's thinking about different ways in which there can be a connection or a relationship among the pieces. I like that you're especially talking about besides color, because that's the <laughs> most obvious one. And I also think that sometimes that leads people down a path where they get so focused on color that then everything has to match and mm -hmm. we forget about all the different nuances of shades of color or that one color is complementary to another even though they're two very different colors and and so I think when you kind of move beyond trying to repeat colors throughout a room I love this idea of shapes or, or patterns or even sort of texture maybe. There's, there is so much more to start to dig into and to play with and I think that that can be very difficult to and overwhelming and kind of daunting to think about, you know, and, and there's so many different elements that do go into a space. And so, um, but, but starting to just open up beyond color and, and thinking about the space in a different way and the pieces that you're bringing in is, is absolutely a, um, a good idea if you're kind of working on your own and doing things, things for yourself too. Right, right, for sure. I want to wrap up with asking you about why style matters and why we should focus on it and put so much effort into our homes. No matter what, if you really start to tap into how you are feeling when you are in your space is going to be a direct reflection of what's going on. So if there's chaos, if there's uncomfortable furniture, um, there's a lack of storage, and so there's just not a place or home for things, then 
you're not going to feel that relaxed, welcoming, kind of high functioning feeling right. when you're in your space. And so that ultimately is the catalyst for the change. Thanks so much for listening. At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned I'd talk a little more about my own interpretation of using travel as inspiration for design. Now, I've had a change of heart on this topic. I used to be a complete purist and thought you can't claim a destination for yourself through decor tchotchkes if you haven't actually been there. For one thing, grabbing a mass-produced symbolic object like a poster of the Eiffel Tower seemed so cliche and screamed tourist to me. And secondly, it seemed inauthentic to profess a love of a place you had never been and therefore you couldn't know. But fairly recently, well, actually probably since becoming a mom and having my travel plans curtailed quite a bit, I've begun to think that there's power in bringing in objects that reference the places you want to go and haven't been to yet. So let's say you're inspired by the colors of the hill towns that look over the coast of the Italian Riviera, and you long to get there someday. When you use that color palette to say, refresh your dining room, and then that inspires you to get a new cookbook on Mediterranean dishes, which then inspires you to have friends over for great conversation over a delicious meal. Well, who wouldn't want that? Once we don't have to social distance anymore, of course. But I think you get what I mean when I say that drawing on your desire to visit new places can be powerful. Using inspiration that you imagine you'll get from those vacations can give you a boost of energy and creativity and a willingness to play around and try out new vignettes or furniture arrangements or even wall colors. And here's another way in which you can decorate with a future trip in mind. Create a little intentions spot somewhere in your home, almost like a shrine, but this would specifically be a collection of objects or even like a 3D mood board that represented your dream destination with the intention of keeping that goal front and center. So if you need to save up for that trip or work out a schedule that allows you to escape or take the time to research the best markets and hotel rooms, that little spot can keep you motivated. Plus, it would be a great conversation starter, again, for whenever we get back to socializing. For now, just make it for you, yourself. If you decide to do anything around your home that's related to your travel dreams, please post it on Instagram and tag a little yellow couch so that we can see what you're up to. And that's all for today's episode. Don't forget to take our new quiz to find out what the number one mistake is that you're making in your home. And in return, I will send you a few emails with suggestions on what to do about it and lots of encouragement. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com and click on the yellow quiz button at the top. That's all for today. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.